Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, a slacker who needs to go back in time to be better prepared for this episode. Fortunately, to help me prepare for this a little history project, I am once again joined by my good friend and 40K mentor, the founder of Vanguard Tactics. He is the Bill S. Preston Esquire to my Ted Theodore Logan, Mr. Stephen Box. Steve, welcome back. How's it going? Oh, thanks, Dave. Yeah, doing well, doing well. Didn't get your reference, but um, who are those people <sighs> talking about today? Uh, have you ever... I actually figured you would get this one. Um, have you not seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? No. Probably too too old of a movie for you. No, do you know what? Bill and Ted was actually... I remember it being out, um, but never re- never really got into that, actually. So... Oh. I see that that kind of humor that, that seems right up your alley since I know you're you're big uh um Will Ferrell fan. I figured you yeah. would uh figured you you would dig the humor in that movie. Oh, but, oh well sorry, another swing and a miss for for uh you know my, my pop culture references for you. You'll get, uh, you'll but, get one one time, Dave. Of, yeah, exactly. Uh you know, I'm just gonna keep on trying. Um what is not a swing and a miss is Siege Studios, our absolutely fantastic sponsor. Uh, if you need anything commission painted uh, or if you're interested in getting any one-to-one coaching on uh, your painting skills, look no further than Siege Studios. I had my second uh, one-to-one with James last week and my Tau uh, are starting to look absolutely fantastic. I still got to practice the stuff that James taught me a little bit more, but um, I actually had to rush a couple of things through because I had to go to Lone Star Open and have everything battle ready. But um, I'm going to go back and clean it up because... The stuff that James taught me is absolutely invaluable. I even used it on some of my non-40K models that I was working on. You can check out my stuff on Instagram, and you should definitely see much better work by going to uh, Instagram and seeing Siege Studios' Instagram page uh, and James Otero's Instagram page. It's incredible painting work. Uh, And Steve, I think you had a special package in the mail from Siege, didn't you? I did. Two things. Well, one thing, one package, two things in it. And that was the new Bellacore. Kind of new, like came out last year, but he's been sat on my shelf for literally ages. And I was like, I want Siege to paint this one. And obviously, with the Demon Codex coming out soon, who better to have than the Lord of Darkness, you know? So, absolutely, he is looking sick. And if you go over to our Instagram channel, you can see I did this really cool reel. Watch it till the end. Scare alert. Okay. Um, so, if you want to see Bellacore looking sick, go to at the Vanguard Tactics. Um, and then also, Fabius, Fabius Bile, got him as well. And we're going to be talking a little about him today and probably a lot more in the future. So um, yes. yeah, obviously he looks awesome as well. I don't really like doing skin cloaks and I thought I can't do this model. There are certain things out of my skill set and I was like, Cedra do a much better job than on this one than I will. So yeah, it looks great. L- literally, I'm blown away by him. Every single time I get a model, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. So good. Yeah, they do such great work. So uh, please, everyone, definitely check out Siege Studios. Um, and then uh, real quick Academy announcement. The current class is going to be wrapping up in a couple of weeks, right? Well, the current Academy is still um, still going on, really. But obviously, you can't join the Academy for a while uh, until right. we reopen. So Academy is currently closed. However, if you want to learn the game, then we have a great beginner's course. So if you're listening, thinking, do you know what? I listen to Steve and Dave. Uh, ramble on about 40k i wouldn't mind actually learning how to play then um yeah go and check out our beginners course over on our website yeah all good absolutely 
Um, and we are also going to be uh, opening up a new Facebook page um, for related for and related to um, this podcast, aren't we? Well, exactly, because I thought you could share your, you know, your, your painting in there and stuff. You know, stuff we talk about, we could share in this Facebook group. Um, so if you want to join the Facebook group, we're going to change the password every month, okay? A bit like, you know, in Harry Potter where they change the, the code to listen to the, the network yeah, in Harry Potter? to get into their houses. Well, a bit like that too, yeah. So um, basically, in order to get into our Facebook group, we want to keep it for you, the listeners, so there will be a, a code for the month, all right? means you've got to stay up to date with the code. Now, the code for this month is going to be what, Dave? Fabius Bile. Fabius Bile, okay? So Fabius Bile is the password to enter in the Facebook group. All you need to do is search for the competitive 40K podcast community. Search for that, find the group, give it a request, agree to our rules, terms, and conditions. Um, and obviously I will be in there. Dave will be in there. A lot of our VT students will probably be in there and the coaches and stuff. But a few things. There are going to be a couple of rules, Dave, because I like my rules. Yep, I like my rules. Number one, if you like to win at all cost, don't request to enter, okay? Yeah. If you're a, if you're a netlister, if you're a if you're a a, a 40k list a meme warrior and uh, or you're you're an all you're a must win at all costs. I don't care how mean I have to be, troll. Um, please do not apply for entry. Bingo, because I'll find you. Number two, I don't want anyone negative in there. All right. So yeah. positivity is key. Constructive criticism is fine, but let's stay positive. Okay, positivity. That surround ourselves by like-minded people that actually want to keep growing, keep developing, keep improving, rather than just hating on things because hate gets you nowhere. Um, yep. Yeah. So, so anyway. no talking politics, no uh, no um, indiscretion or vulgar talk, no foul language, um, none of that shenanigans. Be polite, be respectful. Yeah, and is this is a free group? I ain't gonna tolerate anything. One strike, you're gone. Okay. Anyway, no. Um, so there will be a few rules. Just check them out. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we can have an awesome time in there. Share our hobby stuff. You know, we can ask you like questions and things. Um, you know, maybe do some polls. We can get your feedback on the show. We can actually communicate with you all that are listening because we get so many listens. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and we've had, on that note, loads of reviews, Dave. We, we have. We, we have something like seven, eight different reviews just in the last week, right? Yeah. And so thank you so much to all of your reviews. We've got a couple of funny ones though, Dave. So pick a number between one and seven and I will read out which one. Uh, let's go with four. You want number four? I want number four. Okay. So this one's from Likes Pubs. And give us a three stars. Ooh. All right. A little lower than our, our, our standard five, but okay. Yeah. Three stars. Title, Pretty Good. Okay. It says, Pretty Good, but can't stand the American guy. <laughs> Neither can my wife. Or either of my ex-wives. You can barely tolerate the American guy. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. Thank you very much, Likes Pubs, for your three-star review. Um, yes, we but, appreciate your, your, your honesty. I do. I do appreciate your honesty. 
Um, and anyway, that made me chuckle when I read that. Is that, is that really all it said? There's nothing else. No. Pretty good, it. but can't say the American guy. Full stop. That's it. Wow. There's, there, there just didn't even go any further into it. Just didn't like, all right, that's okay. I, you know, I have, t- I have, I have uh, two ex-wives and many ex-girlfriends who would agree with you likes pubs. So you're not alone, dude. So no. You, 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 you could actually start your own community Facebook page. I'm sure. Yeah. I, if you don't, I will. Um, and that'll be yeah. the other Facebook group you can join at the end of this show. Okay. That's right. There'll be zero rules in that group. Be as negative yeah. and trolly as you like. Okay. Yep. We, yep. we hate Dave Colmel. We hate Dave Colmel and, and probably all other American 40K players because yeah. we're all jerks. Yeah. With sure. bad accents. Yeah. And so bad pop culture, clearly, or something along those lines. That's right. Anyway. Anyway. Next one. Uh, let's, let's, let's pick another one just for fun. Let's try uh, two. Number two. The best podcast ever is the title, Five Star Review. And this is from A. Elliot. And uh, he said, this is the best thing to listen to of all time. There we go. Back on track. Back on track. Thank you, Mr. or Ms. Elliot. You are much appreciated. Pick another one. Because that was a quick one. Uh, that was a quick one. Let's go with... Uh, Six. Six. Good stuff. Five star review. And it says 40K can feel daunting to get into with a ton of rules, uh, info to keep up with. These guys make it a lot easier to approach competitive games and always have something interesting to share. Great podcast. And that's uh, B for B for Tech Toad. Uh, I probably butchered that. I'm really sorry. But thank you so much for this uh, five star review. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. And if you too would like to, um, uh, leave us a, a five-star review, or if you would just like to leave us a three-star review and tell us how mediocre we are. Um, by all means, please uh, look us up. Um, you can um, probably not join the Facebook community page because, you know, no trolls. But uh, you are welcome to message us, you know, leave leave reviews on all of our, wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast, or uh, reach out to us directly on Instagram at, uh, you can find Stephen at The Vanguard Tactics. You can find me at Infantry Lawyer. Uh, and you can always go to the YouTube page and check out the Vanguard Tactics uh, stream games and other content there. And don't forget to go to www.vanguardtactics.com uh, for all of your information about the Academy, all of the classes, the um, uh, the free how to play, uh, how to get started videos. It's all on there and it's great stuff. So please, uh, whether you like us or not, uh, they'll preferably be if you do like, share, subscribe and leave us those reviews. Um, we are going to do a rules lawyer segment, but today we're going to we're going to hold it to the end because it's actually very um, relevant to what we're going to be talking about. So um, I also wanted to give out a real quick shout out to um, I had six incredible games at Lone Star Open uh, about a week and a half ago. Um, and um, I had one in particular game who was absolutely a legend, one of the best games I've had uh, competitively in a very long time. I had never met this guy. And by the time the game was over, we hugged it out at the end. This, wow. this man is an absolute legend. His name is Matthew James. Um, he said he was familiar with the Academy. Um, Matthew, you are an absolute legend. I will play with you anytime, anywhere, dude. Um, I had great games with everybody else that I played against. Um, you guys are all legends, and I hopefully will run into all of you at some point again for rematches. So, um, yeah, great event. It was such so much fun. Again, I got to tell uh, Kicker, that man, puts, that man works his hind end off. Um, and just puts on the best event. So um, huge thank you to Kicker and the rest of uh, Frontline Gaming for working there, working so hard to put on a great event. You have events coming up, right, Steve? 
Yeah, so, oh, yeah, we've got the LGT coming up, the London Grand Tournament. And on that note, the Vanguard Tactics workshop that you've been to, that we did at LVO, is coming to the UK for the first time. It is going to be held at the, no other than the Lang- the London, the London <laughs> Grand Tournament. Um, it, so all Will the, the detail, Queen be there? Uh, the Queen will be coming to my workshop, I'll have you know. Um, no. So uh, <laughs> she's, she's not posh enough. Oh, sorry. Sorry, dear. Um, so she she will be coming. Um, I'm sure she loves VT um, and doesn't like you though, Dave. And no. is probably that, colonial. I think it's likes pubs. Is is actually the queen. Um, anyway, <laughs> LGT day before um, on the Friday. Be there or be squared. Okay. So basically, if you want to learn more about 40k, then come. You don't even need to actually be playing in the event. But if you're in the UK and want to get some coaching one on one. Uh, with our with all of our team because there's gonna be loads of us. Um, yeah, come along for the day. All the details are on the London Grand Tournament website, the LGT website, or you can find it through um, my social media that we're posting up all this week. So yeah, come in, come to the LGT workshop. And actually, I didn't uh, I didn't mention this to you yet, but um, I, I am actually looking to try to come to London to come to the UK uh, to check out VT Studio and all that kind of stuff and hang out with you. Uh, not this year, but next year. I'm going to try to come because I want to play in the LGT too. So no, nice. I am actually looking to make some plans to try to come out to the UK. Um, and Sean awesome. and I are going to see about playing in the LGT and, um, you know, tour the, tour the country as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but much sooner than that, I will actually, the, my next event is not until October. I'm going to be playing in the South Georgia Havoc Major. Um, it's October 15th and 16th. If you're in, going to be in the area, you should check it out. Go on BCP. Um, I'm supposed to be playing an event this weekend. I will not mention the name of this event, but um, signed up on BCP and then got dropped from it because they didn't say that they didn't make it clear that you had to pay, you know, go to a different website to pay at the same time. I thought I would just pay at the event. So Sean and yeah. I were like all excited, all excited. And then we like, wait, why aren't we? Oh, anyway, such is life. But Weird. yeah, um, it was definitely not an FLG event. Um, that's for sure. So, um, we are going to be talking today about the most fabulous, the most wonderful, the most excellent, the peerless perfection. Emperor's children. They are flawless perfection, in my opinion. Oh, and no, that's factually correct as well. So, I'm very excited for this one because these are my, my children. Okay. They'll be renamed Games Workshop Stephen's Children. It can be yep. written next time. Okay. Anyway, so um, just a slight typo there. You can yes. just on your codex cross that out, Stevens, children. Anyway, so what? Where? Where? Where should we start, Dave? What do you want? A bit of backstory? Let's start. What do, what do you want? Talk to me. Um, let us start with. Um, well, let's start with the Legion trait. You know, let's let's do what we always do. We start wide and, and then work down to detail. Okay, so um, if you haven't done so, if you do like the Emperor's Children, do go and read. I think it's Book Five of the Horus Heresy. Go and read that one. Tell you everything you need to know about the, uh, the Emperor's Children. But my favorite one, my favorite character of all time is called Soul Tarvitz. All right. He's the man. Anyway. Yeah. He, he, he was an awesome character. He's awesome. So anyway, Legion trait is called Flawless Perfection. They got two bullet points of rules, Dave. And basically each time a model with this trait makes an attack, you can ignore all hit roll weapon skill and ballistic skill modifiers take that aldari take that indirect fire <laughs> also that 
yeah. take that power fists or anyway, this rule is incredible. And you think, oh, oh actually, maybe it's not that good. Maybe there's the stronger ones. No, this is so good. And especially with the weaponry that the Chaos Space Marines can take, it's very, very strong. And I've, got, I've also just done a, a video. Uh, it's a YouTube members video. So it's like two ninety nine to watch or whatever. You get loads of other members content on YouTube. I've literally gone a full review of my, what I think is my competitive list that I'll take to tournaments this year. So, um, but we will be briefly touching on some of this stuff. So for example, normally with power fists, you'd take a minus one to hit, wouldn't you? Right. I don't. Standard across the board. Yeah. So I, I can hit on threes with my power fists. I can also set to defend. So therefore I can hit on twos with power fists because it says you can ignore modifiers, but I don't have to. So I can basically pick and choose the ones I want to ignore. Right. Um, so I can set to defend, hit on twos with power fists. Terminators can take power fists. You can basically take five or six, including chain fist in a unit of 10, uh, maybe even a little bit more than that. But, um, and then obviously sergeants can take power fists. Legionaries can take the heavy, uh, yeah, legionary squads can take heavy chain axes, which also incur a minus one to hit penalty. So I've got some really cool squad formations with, you know, really leaning into this. I've also been considering taking, um, you know, a Scorpius to fire indirectly, but without the penalties, that would also work quite well for a little bit of indirect back into the game. Yeah. But alternatively, I can adv- advance and shoot and not care. You know, don't, I don't suffer the minus one to hit. I don't suffer the minus one to hit shoot, shooting through dents. I don't suffer the minus one to hit flyers. This stuff comes up more than you give it credit for. I can also find both profiles of combi weapons and also not suffer the modifier. And that's really where this starts to sing, I think, in my opinion. So um, it, it really comes up nicely. Yeah, really, really like it. Very cool. Yeah. All right. And what's bullet point number two? Every time I make a, an attack, ranged or melee, each roll of a six improves the AP by one. So again, a nice rule you're going to use in all phases of the games. Nice little counter to Armor of Contempt. So really, really nice. Hit roll or wound roll? It's a unmodified wound roll of six. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. So that's the Legion trait. Now, the other thing to remember about the Emperor's Children is that every single unit, Dave, has to be upgraded um, to have the mark of Slanesh. And yeah, the, the other Legions don't have that requirement. So like, Iron Warriors and Black Legion, you can, you can or can't give them, you know, you, you don't, you're not required to. This is the only one that has that requirement, right? Yeah. So remember, that means um, essentially I have to pay, you know, a 15 point tax on every single core and character unit to have a mark. It also means I can't take any other marks. It also means my psychic powers are going to be the only ones I can get access to are from Slanesh. So I can't get, you know, the, Miasma of Pestilence or whatever, or whatever the sort of slen- uh, Zinch one is. It's just right. Slanesh that I can get. Okay. So that's obviously attacks on every single character. It means uh, warlord traits and relics that are either undivided or, you know, with other marks I just physically can't use or can't take and I don't have access to them. So there is a little bit of restrictions there. Remind me again, what's the, what's the mark of Slanesh do? So the mark of Slanesh gives you fight first. Oh, that's right. So every unit in my army will be fighting first, okay? Yeah. Then, if I have an icon, 
then in melee or in combat, I can get plus one to hit. So this stacks really, really well with the ignoring, you know, like those negative modifiers to hit, right? So then right. I can have an icon and hit on twos with my core units. But here's the other now interesting... Go on. Now you're not required to get the icon though. You're only required to have the mark. I'm only required to have the mark, but I don't have to have the icon because not every unit can take an icon. Okay, got it. But here's the thing, Dave. All the units that can't take a mark of chaos, like possessed, warp talons, land raiders, rhinos, cultists, all the other ones, right? If they are part of an Emperor's Children army, they gain the Slanesh keyword. Okay. But that's not what a mark it? of chaos. So they don't get fight first. Right. Like why would the land raider why would a land raider care about fight first? Yeah. So they become Slanesh. And that's said on page 144. This actually took me a while to find this one because it's not on where you would expect it to be. It's a little segment about Emperor's Children on page 144. That's the page it's on. Now, basically, this means then all of those other triggers which use the Slanesh keyword will now work on these units, but they do not gain the mark and they do not gain the icon. Be very clear with that, okay? So, for example, um, Michael was like, oh, my, Steve, the, like, the dark commune, you can take it because it gains the Slanesh keyword and therefore you could do all the priest abilities and all the powers from the Slanesh. And I was like, you can't because although it's the Slanesh keyword, it's not a mark of chaos. So it's different. Okay. So it's, although it is a mark of chaos, don't think of it like that. Just think of it as its own separate things called Slanesh. All right. Got it. All right. So they get the Slanesh keyword, but not the mark of Slanesh keyword. Okay. Yeah, basically. So it doesn't trigger. Read, read the fine print. Yeah. It doesn't trigger your ability to cast, um, you know, these sort of powers. Okay. That if you couldn't do them normally by taking a mark. However, it does mean you can be affected by them because, for example, um, Delightful Agonies, which is the um, psychic power, just says select one friendly legion slanesh unit within 18 of this psyche until the start of your next psychic phase. Each time a model in that unit takes a wound, have a five plus feel no pain. Okay. okay. Um, so I can put a five plus feel no pain on possessed or land raiders. Nice. Pretty and, good. You know, T9, T9 land raiders with a two up armor save, having a five up feel no pain just to protect a few extra wounds is, just going to make that thing last that much longer. And it does last a long time anyway, which is great. Um, now, there's a few other things as well uh, that are Slanesh specific, so it's probably worth covering those now. Um, one of those is a 2CP stratagem, which means if you fall back from me, it's called Endless um, Excessive Cruelty. If you fall back from me, I can either consolidate three inches, okay? Okay. Or I can shoot you. All right. If you want to fall back from my land raider, I can spend two CPs and shoot you. Very cool. That's pretty good. Very or cool. if you want to fall back from my possessed, I can consolidate into you if you don't move back far enough. Very cool. Um, the other thing as well is that there is one called Murderous Perfection. It's one CP. I use this in the shooting phase or in the fight phase. Basically, when I'm selected to shoot or fight, once during that phase, when resolving an attack, you can change the result of the hit roll, wound roll, or one damage roll to a six, okay? So again, this is fantastic with, let's say, a land raider. Guess what's in my list, Dave? A land raider. 
I got a Land Raider in my list because of this. So turn one, you know, you get the wantons and you can get the exploding sixes for heavy weapons. Right. So Land Raiders hit on three. I get four shots. Statistically, how many hits do I get if I got four shots with? Oh, statistically, you'd be getting three hits. Three hits, right? One of those might well be a six. That'll trigger another hit. However, the one miss I get, statistically, I can turn into a six and therefore that will trigger another six or another hit roll, should I say. Does it, does it trigger the wanton though? Because I thought the wanton only worked if, it is, if it's an unmodified roll of a six. You're changing the result to a six. Oh, so, it's still, so it still gets the explode? Yep. Okay, cool. Very cool. still trigger that. Um, again, really fantastic. And if I you know, get four hits and four wounds, I can actually then save it for a damage roll and just go, cool, take eight damage. Also yeah. happened in before as well, which is great. So they are two stratagems I can use on non, um, obviously you, I could have. Those are generic stratagems, right? Yeah, but they're Slanesh locked, which is why you couldn't have been able to oh, use those on units that didn't have the mark before. All right. Got or, it. Yeah. Because the only way to get the Slanesh keyword before was by taking a mark unless you're Empress Children. So there's like a bit of a pro and a con to it. Okay. I've got a right. heavy attacks, but I do get a little bit of extra spice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so getting a little little thing, a little extra for your investment, which is you know what we all want. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you want to talk about the the Legion specific secondary? Yeah. So this is a really good one, I think. Uh, I really like it because chaos secondaries aren't great. Um, they actually really struggle on secondaries. I would say generally across the board. Um, this secondary, however, is quite fun. It's quite thematic, and I really like it. Um, so basically, it's scored at the end of the battle round. So a little bit stronger if you're going second. Now, what you've got to do is you're going to score one point for each of these categories that you tick off, okay? Think of it like a checklist. So one point if I control more objectives than you. One point if I kill more by ranged attacks than you kill of me, okay? Then okay. one point if I killed more in combat than you killed of me, that's battle round. And then one point if more enemy character units were destroyed by attacks made by Emperor's Children character units this battle round, okay? Then vice versa. So basically, yeah. did more of my characters kill more of your characters than your characters killed of my characters? Now, which since people are normally, unless you're sisters, you're running around with three, maybe four characters. Yeah. No, I run around with quite a lot because of this secondary specifically. Um, yeah. And they hit hard. And the other thing as well, if I do all those four things and I get an additional point, so I can score up to five points, it's rare. Normally I get about two to three a turn. On average, I would say. Okay. It's quite good. Quite good. Quite fun. Um, and I do like it. And it sits in the no mercy, no respite category. Wait, uh, so no mercy, no respite is um, no prisoners and yeah, uh, grind, right? Yeah. Yeah. So not, which is, which is a, which is a very, since, since they took to the last out, that is probably one of the hardest categories to, to find a secondary for. So that's good. Yeah. Because no prisons is sometimes situational. Um, very. And although it's very similar to grind them down, there's a, just a nice aspect of hold more, kill more characters, etc. So, yeah. Yeah. I actually had a, uh, side note, I actually had a, a, a good life lesson at Lone Star. My first three games, which I lost, um, I was taking grind because I, I literally played Power Armor the entire weekend. 2,000 suns every, and then four space rings. Those were my six opponents for, um, for the weekend. And I took grind because I was like, oh, they're, they're all playing MSU. But the problem is it's tower so squishy that 
they would always end up killing one more unit of mine than I killed of theirs. Thank yeah. you, Armor of Contempt. You should have taken their prisoners. I did. Day two, I was like, I'm going to switch this up. And I, because I was killing so much stuff, I switched to no prisoners. And I, that's when I, and I won my, all three games on the second day. So yeah. Make it big. Picking secondary is so important, isn't it? It's so important. So mm. important. Uh, all right. So, um, Adorn the Canvas Eclectic. I love it. It's such a, the, the names for the um, Emperor's Children for the Slanesh stuff is so um, on brand for, yeah. for them. GW, I think, did a great job with, with those in particular. Um, you want to talk about Warlord Traits? Let's do it. So we've All got right. six Warlord Traits. Okay. Um, now, basically, the first one is called Stimulated by Pain. Each time the Warlord loses a wound, add one to the attack's characteristic to a maximum of three, and then you regain a wound as well, basically. All right. Um, sorry, each time you regain one, subtract one from the attack characteristic. Because obviously there are ways to regain wounds in the book, like ma- the Master of Possession. All right? Okay. Then, when you're destroyed, and you haven't already fought, you get to fight on death, which is pretty cool. Yep. It's all right. Then you got the second one. I really like this one. It's an aura of three inches. Um, when you're within three inches of it, enemy models will take a minus one to hit against you or just basically minus one to hit. So whatever they're fighting against is good. Very cool. Um, and that one's and called the Intoxicating Musk, right? Mm. Yeah. Which um, 60% of the time it works every time. Yeah. It's called yeah. Sex Panther. Or, or it makes me think of my 16-year-old son's bedroom. Yeah. Though that's not intoxicating. Well, anyway. Uh, and then next one? Well, this one's basically a great name. Um. And I like it. It's pretty much me in a nutshell, I think. Unbound arrogance. <laughs> that is not you at all. Okay, go ahead. Okay, maybe... He's not uh, arrogant, okay. folks. He just, plays it, he just plays it on TV. That's it. Um, so, basically, each time you're selected to fight, you basically secretly choose a number between one and three. Uh, you and your opponent do it. Basically, if they're different, that's how many extra attacks you get. So, let's try it, Dave. Pick a number between one and three. Uh, two. Oh, you got don't tell me yet. Oh, my bad. Okay, take another one. Okay, I got one in my head. I won't tell you. You got one in your head? Yep. Okay, cool. I've got one. Ready? We say it at the same time. Three, right. two, one, three. Three. Oh, you said it after me. That's cheating. So anyway, I wouldn't get any of the extra attacks. Okay. I thought you were going to go for two again. I thought he's bound to go for two again. Anyway, <laughs> um, so <laughs> um, I wouldn't get any extra attacks, but if they were different, I'd have got an extra three. So, okay. N- number four, again, really good water trait. It's a really good water trait in a few different instances. This is actually Lucius's default water trait. So, if you want to take Lucius and give him a water trait, this is one he has to have. It's called the f- uh, Flawless Duelist. And he gets to re roll the hit roll in combat. Um, and then also, when you're in engagement range of him, you minus one from your attack characteristics of enemy models. Since I'm following along with you, I notice it does not say to a minimum of one. It probably should. That's probably the intent there. I would <laughs> assume so, because they usually don't want an entire squad of, you know, something sitting there just, just waving. <laughs> we won't do anything this turn. Just go into your breaches. How many attacks are you getting back? None. Yeah, uh, none. Which, um, I'll be honest, I, I, when I'm on a clock in a tournament, I don't even waste time with melee <laughs> with my towel. Breachers are like, people, my opponents are like, are you, are you sure you don't want to roll that? No, go on. Come on. We're on a clock. Let's go. <laughs> I'll do some shooting. I got one phase, mate. Yeah. One phase. Yeah, I got shooting to get to. Let's go. 
I'll shoot you next turn. So yeah, play that guys as to a minimum or what I'm sure that's probably the intent on that. Um, Anyway, so number five is then maybe this one is really me. It's the gluttony for punishment. Um, Each (laughs) time, yeah, the attack. (laughs) You see me in the gym by any chance? This is me. Gluttony for punishment. Or it's or it's Amy. Yeah, each time (laughs) she listens to the show, Dave, she'll come at you. Anyway. Um, each time an attack is allocated to this warlord, if this warlord does not have a vehicle keyword, subtract one from the damage characteristic of all attacks, and you also gain a five plus feel no pain. So if you want a really tanky demon oh, yeah. prince, you could give it the gluttony of punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Could yeah, that's, that's very strong. Then you can also have the warlord trait loathsome grace, um, add two to the move characteristics of this warlord, and you can reroll advances and charge rolls. I mean... All of these are pretty good, I think, on the whole. Yeah, yeah. The, the, now, Empress Joan, there's, there's no way for Empress Joan to get advanced in charges there. Yes, there is. Oh, okay. So that, so that, it, that re-rolling advance in charge rolls could be rather clutch for if you wanted a, a really smashy character. Yeah, so basically, the advance in charge, um, the way you get it is through a uh, dark priest, a litany, or whatever it's called, the version of a litany. Um, right. prayer I think it's called and let me just check I know it's called does it work on characters too I believe it does um, I'm going to say yes and yes yes you can advance and charge recording characters if the prayer goes off yeah okay there you go alright and you can only get that because it's the Slanesh power which is quite fortunate that is quite fortunate alright I mean it seemed like if anybody was going to have it it would be Emperor's Children or, or more Slanesh. Um, yeah, because they're quick, right? Besides just, speed. Oh, and, and Corsairs, of course. But Yeah, but they get the speed, so that's good. Right. Um, what's next? Relics? All right, um, let's do Relics next. Yeah, okay, cool. So this fits quite well, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think the issue with this book is that your sport for choice is just so many good ones in the book. There's so many good ones in there, Emperor's Children. You end up spending a lot of CPs pregame. Yeah. So next one... The Endless Grin. Uh, this is Jake, the Endless Grin, I think. Um, <laughs> basically, six plus feel no pain. And then, once per battle, on a three up, you get set back up on the table when you're destroyed on a result of a three with D3 wounds left. So it's a bit like you can just pop back up after, um, yeah. Okay. Pretty good. You could actually stack that with the other one the stimulated by pain. So what you could have is a character that for every wound he loses gains an extra attack with a six plus feel no pain. Um, and then once per battle, when he's destroyed, he can stand back up. And then when he's destroyed again, you can fart on death. Yeah. This guy's like, I'm not going down. <laughs> I'm not going down. I will murder you. <laughs> again. <laughs> and again. Yeah. So And again, and um, again. And actually that works really good with that secondary of like killing characters. Because if you went into a character duel and you kill the character, they fart on death and you're like, ha ha ha, stand back up. And then yeah. whatever, you know, pretty cool. So um, I actually like it. I think it's good. I think that's a cool yeah. combat. Really thematic. Yeah. And it, play, it plays into a secondary. I think it's, yeah, that's, there you go. It's real, it's real trolly, isn't it? That sort of combo. Anyway. Yeah. So that's it's, a good it's not It's not auto exploding, but you know. That's fun. Good. Yeah. Okay, so then we've got um, the next one is uh, Fatal Sonacy or something. At the end of your yeah, movie. Son- yeah, son- Sonancy. Something to do with yeah. sound. 
you're good with words. I'm not. Um, That's why you keep me around. Yeah, I'm, I would say I was going to be dice, but I'm not good with them either. <laughs> Dice, dice, and pronounce, pronouncing words, and uh, that's the. I don't. I'm not good with dice either, but you keep me around to pronounce words. That's why. That's why you tolerate the the the, the American guy. American, the American. Yeah. Guy. yeah, the American guy that knows better English than the English person. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. The, the one thing <laughs> I'm good at is bench press, though. That is one thing I will say I'm okay at. So and I am absolutely not at that at all. Yeah, don't worry. Not everyone can be perfect at bench press like me. Anyway, so um. <laughs> the, the, faultless, the, faultless perfection there we go Humility. on the bench press um, yeah. at the end of your movement phase you can select one enemy unit within 12 and visible to the bearer roll 6d6 for each 4 up you take a mortal wound so literally end of the movement phase on average you're going to give a unit um, you know 3 mortal wounds it's okay yeah quite good and uh, co- coincidentally that would be particularly useful against say if I don't know shards of a certain elder dead god were suddenly trending in the meat in the meta, yeah. And remember, it just says select one visible. I can be like, oh, you got a character over there, heh, with a wound left, not anymore, dead. Yep, pretty good, very good, pretty good. And it's in the movement phase, so just you know, mm. yeah, yeah. It is end of movement phase. So before anybody asks, oh, what if you were to, you know, like double move a model? Could you do it twice? No, just end of the phase you do it. Okay. Yeah. So here we go then. Armor of abhorrence. Abhorrence. Yep. You got abhorrence. it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, it's an aura. And each time an enemy unit within three of the bearer is selected to fall back on a four plus, you can't. So you've got a 50-50 chance of keeping units in combat with you, which is very good for Emperor's yes. Children because of you have fight first. Yes. Yeah. You, you're, you're not going anywhere. You stay right there and allow me to continue hacking you to ribbon. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah. Okay, so the next one is the remnant of... Um, do you know what? You can do the words and I'll just tell you what they do and how they're best comboed, all right? This is getting painful for everybody and me. Your remnant of, I honestly, when I read this over as, uh, as I'm reading ahead with you, I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm going to struggle with this one. Remnant of the Meroviglia. Mm, I definitely read it. First of all, it was another word beginning with V with similar sort of letters. Right. Um, Margarita, obviously. Don't know where your filthy minds are all going. Anyway, so um, this is a priest model. Once per battle, um, you can basically, you know, do the thing. And it's an aura. And basically, hey, all your core and character units have an additional attack. That's an aura. Once per game, though, is the only, the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, yeah, once per game is kind of lame. It's not a prayer, though. So you can just have this in addition to prayers. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not a change. It's just you can trigger it at the end of your command phase. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, wish, I wish that it was, had a little bigger of an aura because it's only six inch aura, which means everybody has to be crowded around this character for this one once per battle effect. Yeah. So if you're gonna make it once per battle, I feel like it should have a wider aura so you can really get use out of it. You're going to do it once. You just want to, you know, have a really good effect on it, not be crowded up in the middle of the table or whatever. Or like battlefield wide or something, you know? Right. Well, let's not go crazy. Settle down. But yeah, it should be a little bigger. Yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if, if, if you want to crowd your 10, you know, Emperor's Children Terminators right in the middle of the board, my my hammerheads would love that for you. But you know, yeah, 
we we don't object, but maybe you may not want to do that. Do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so next up, you've got a, a relic power sword. It's actually pretty good, I think. Um, and it's called the Distortion. Basically, you've got two different types of profiles here, which is interesting on a normal sword, obviously on a normal character. Uh, you've got one which is basically user strength, so strength four, minus two AP, one damage, which is okay. But you do get two hit rolls instead of one. So this plays really well into, you know, things like Cabalite Warriors, Sisters of Battle, stuff like that. Um, alternatively, you can just do a slash, which is times two strength of your power sword, minus four, two damage. So great into, you know, Grey Knight, Space Marines, Thousand Suns, you know, other chaos. So it's a quite good little utility piece uh, like yeah. that as well. I like that the, 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 the big um, overhand blow is called Inelegant Slash. It's nice. That's very cool. That's a good one. Now, last one. Uh, Raymond Revulsive. Yeah. Basically, or of the character within six, you can't do actions. Sorry. The unit is performing an action and can still shoot, while an enemy unit, they also can't. So you can shoot an action, your opponent can't action. Yeah. Which, since this is an army that wants to be going forward and wants to be getting in your face, um, is really good for inhibiting enemy scoring. It's quite good for like banners. You could still, you know, you could move forward, put terminators, could do a banner and still shoot, or havocs could banner and still shoot, or whatever. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more actions now too that that don't end at the end of your opponent's turn, but are going into the next command phase and being able to deter those. Yeah. Um, or even things like that mission where, because I think the chaos in particular run out of assets to do actions. So on like the data scryer where you've got a unit to stay at the back and do actions and it can be any units. You could have a land raider sat at the back doing actions for you, but obviously it means you can't normally shoot, but this time you could just keep your land raider shooting whilst doing actions on the backfield for you. It's quite good. Yeah. 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 So um, that's all of the um, generic ones. For, sorry, the specific ones. There are a couple of generic ones I'd like to quickly touch on. Um, yeah, so one of them is the specific Slanesh relic. Okay, it's called Intoxicating Elixir. All right, Slanesh model only. Once per battle, you add D3 additional attacks, and also you cannot lose more than three wounds this phase. So you could stack that with the Gluttony for Punishment on your Demon Prince. So now the Demon Prince is going to get that 5 plus feel no pain, reduce damage by 1, and then once per game can only suffer 3 wounds, just to make him super tanky and durable. Yeah. Remind me again, what's the, what's the, the demon weapon, the Slaneshi demon weapon? It's not great. No? no Isn't it a bunch of extra attacks or something? You've you got to replace two Lightning Claws, because um, you've got to select two weapons, okay? So it's basically, this is going to work well on a Demon Prince with Claws. Um, and basically, you get D3 additional attacks for each weapon. It's not amazing, really. Yeah. No, I thought I was thinking, somehow I was thinking it was something like, I thought it was like three flat extra attacks or something like that. But, but yeah. D3 extra attacks, I mean, on a Demon Prince, if he's got a claw and a sword, or a claw and an axe, it's, you know, yeah. you're still getting D3 extra attacks with that. On both, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. That's right. Yeah, it's all right. Mediocre. Probably, probably not worth the points. Yeah. At the end of this, we'll go over my combos that we've got as well. How I've stacked yes. out all my characters. Yeah. So uh, you want to do strats? Yeah. So one thing to quickly mention, remember your noise marines become troops as well because you're emperor's children. So they become core and troop for you. Um, so there are, that's good to know before we go into this. 
So we've got eight stratagems. Uh, I won't do the names because we'll be here all day. The first one is two CPs. In the fight phase, increase your AP by one. I've yet to use that. I think two CPs is quite expensive for that stratagem. Okay. The next one is a standout one CP, a core or character unit. Um, and when you're basically advance or declare a charge, you have to do it when you do when you declare it. Um, in your movement phase, do not make an advance roll, just automatically go six. That's really strong with the advance and charge combo. Um, and if you roll your charge phase, sorry, if you, if used in your charge phase, do not roll a D, 2d6. Instead, it's a d6 plus six for that charge roll. So you're guaranteeing oh. a seven inch charge. Really nice. good. Yeah. And gives you good odds, gives you really good odds um, coming out of Deep Strike. Yeah. So that's Empress Child Children Core or Demon Kin. Um, not characters though. Mm. Um, good point. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, that's a good point. You're, yeah, you're because your odds, your odds at that point are you got a you got a two and three chance. You got a sixty six percent chance of getting. All you need is a three on that yeah. one dice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh. Very strong. Okay, yeah. next up, you've got excessive of violence. Um, you can basically um, put your Empress Children Infantry Unit into the Wanton Slaughter to get those exploding sixes in combat. So that's really good. Um, it's really nice. So then the next one is one CP. This is um, children, core, demon kin, or character. Um, you can heroically intervene as if you were a character. And then if you already are a character, you can heroically intervene six inches instead of three. Again, this is a commonly used one. I think it's fantastic. Great for defending objectives. Um, and it's good to see the demon kin keyword in there as well. So this is quite good because actually demon kin, we can use one, the first one, the first strat you can use on them. The second strat you can use on them. The third stratagem you can use on them. And the fourth, they're all available for Demonkin, which is good because either it just yeah. says Empress Children Infantry or Core on or Demonkin. So it's quite, so, so far, all of those. And this next one, you can also use them for as well. Two CPs, fight on death if you haven't already fought. So again, really, really strong. Fight on death, two CPs. All right, which, which ones are the Demonkin? Possessed and Chosen? Um, possessed, warp talons, and obliterators. Chosen are core, and they are pretty good core. Chosen are core. Yeah. Okay, they're like beefed up uh, legionaries, basically. Um, Got it. Of all power weapons. So the next one is two CPs. This is my favorite stratagem. I use it every game. Um, something gaze, and uh, basically, Empress Children character unit. Only a character though can make another unit within three fight last. Oh, okay. Was good. Yeah, very cool. And it's a uh, it's soporific gaze. Soporific means sleepy. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've got one of those. Um, next one is <laughs> combat elixirs. Uh, two CPs, core or character units. Um, you can improve the strength and the weapon skill by one. So again, you can go up to hitting on twos and plus one strength. So it's better than the normal one that chosen and um, uh, terminators can get from the main book, but does cost you a little bit more because you get that plus one strength. So if you if you need strength nine power fist to kill a knight then you can go to hitting on twos so you get a plus one to hit then and then also obviously you can be wounding on threes rather than four so it's really good into the math on killing knights yeah and i noticed it says improve the weapon skill of by one not plus one to hit so it'll stack with something you could affect it's one of the few ways that i know of that you can give yourself plus two to hit yeah you yeah but i wouldn't need to because i'd never take any modifiers 
Oh, that's true. Yeah. But you would that's be true. right technically, yeah. Yeah. But in terms of my interaction with Slanesh, yeah, or Emperor's Children, sorry. So the last one is one CP. You do this when you're selected to shoot, okay? Um, this is just any unit. Oh, wow, this is any unit. I thought this was... Okay, no, this is, this is correct. So the first bullet, there's two bullet points here. So you can do it with any unit. So for any unit, this is how this works. For one CP, you can basically shoot a unit and then it can't set to defend or overwatch, okay? Which is all right for one CP. But if you're doing this with a sonic weapon and the only people that can take sonic weapons are your noise marines, then in addition to that, if you think of it this way, um, then for each unmodified wound roll of a six, you do a mortal wound, which caps at six as well. Okay, six mortal wounds. All right. So if I'm but that's cool. I mean, doing some extra mortal wounds and you can't overwatch, you can't set to defend. Yeah. Nice. And all for one CP. That's a, that's a, that's a bargain. I thought you could only do it on noise marines, but actually it's any unit, but it's the sonic interaction, which is the, the reason why I'm going through that. Yeah. Yeah. Is anybody else made that same mistake? So one more thing to cover. We better cover Lucius because um, he's obviously the character. He's a captain. He's Emperor's Children specific. Right. Um, he's got fantastic stat line, hits on two, strength five base, six wounds, attacks five. Um, he's got a, basically a heavy flamer, which is strength five minus three, one damage. But if you're in half range, comes two damage. That's a good flamer profile. Um, although it won't get the um, flamer, let the galaxy burn, because it doesn't have the flame word in it. It's a doom siren instead. Then it's got the duelist sword, which is user strength, so strength five, minus three, two damage, which you like, okay, that's all right, only five attacks. However, obviously he fights first, and then every time I fight somebody who's got a weapon skill, an unmodified weapon skill of three or more, um, then I gain an additional three attacks, and I also go up to one, uh, three damage, but basically have a strength six, minus three, thunder hammer, and I get eight attacks. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good, right? He is a monster. Yeah. Um, he's got a four plus invulnerable save. When he's destroyed, basically he either does D3 or D6 mortal wounds to the enemy model that killed him, which is good. Yep. And then finally, he gives, oh, sorry, he gives real ones because he's a, he's a Chaos Lord, but also within three inches of him, you can make a unit fight last with his whip. Now, this can be stacked with the two CP stratagems. You can actually go in and make two units fight last off this one character. All right. Very cool. Pretty good. So he, yeah, he's, and with eight attacks, you, you could potentially go in and do some serious damage to two different units. Yeah. It's really, really strong. So, um, yeah, I think the sort of secondaries that it plays really well into is the, obviously, the, the, their specific one. The other one I like is Banners. Um, and the other one I like is Rise to Glory. And basically that means I get points for each character, monster, and vehicle destroyed by my characters in combat. Um, and there's additional bonuses as we went over in the last show. But again, really works well because I take a really punchy Lucius, obviously, um, with his Warlord traits, we re-rolls his hit rolls because he's getting those eight attacks and also makes my enemy minus one attack. Um, I take a Dark Apostle who's also good in combat. And I use my Fabius Bile model because he's, you know, obviously the old, you know, that's what he used to be, basically a priest. Um, again, I typically pack him out with some good abilities as well. Sometimes the Black Mace, 
Dave's Black Mace, I sometimes put on him so he can actually kill yep. some stuff too um, with that weapon because it's basically a thunder hammer. I always take a Master Executioner because they can reroll their hit rolls through another relic I like, which is basically the main relic. Um, it's from the main relic page. It's called the Mantle of Traitors. Um, I get reroll hits. And the other thing I get is an epic deed stratagem for free once per game. So obviously that fight last stratagem is an epic deed. So I basically get an additional fight last for free. So instead of me spending those two CPs, um, my master executioner. So my master executioner kind of works as a Judas, sir. But remember his sword does mortal wounds on sixes to hit and then the attack sequence ends. So I stack that with the reroll hit so I can just fish for more sixes. Um, and he's a real combat. And I use the 30k uh, Soul Tarvitz model as my master executioner. So he's, cool. a bit, he's a real killy character. My Dark Apostle, I've made killy. Uh, Lucius, I've made killy. And I also take a Sorcerer as well. A Sorcerer in Terminator armor. It's a little bit more survivable. Hits a little bit harder with that sword. So again, if he does need to get a kill, he can. Um, and on him, I take uh, presence plus one to hit and diabolical strength again to buff up my characters to make them more killy to make sure they get those kills for me for secondary plays um, in the army as well I take two legionary units and I in my legionary teams I take the, the power fist on the sergeant the heavy chain axe because uh, that's basically another power fist I take the bell for icon so that gives me redundancy in the psychic phase taking the same powers I take on the sorcerer Remember, because I'm Slanesh, I get the access to the five plus feel no pain power as well. So I've got two legionary units and the other guys have all got co close combat weapons. And for 150 points, this, these little legionary units are always my MVPs. I had one in the stream game the other day, just walk up to a demon prince and just knock him out cold. It was beautiful because of exploding sixes with the icon hitting on twos, extra AP on sixes. They really do the work. So, um, yeah, I just think legionary units. I could see myself taking four of those little 150-point teams, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be taken out of Demon Prince, I would say so. Mm -hmm. um, and then, obviously, the Noise Marines have normally a couple of units of those with a five, so I can take more Blastmasters because they're the really good weapons you want. And this is kind of like an obsec unit, can advance and shoot without the penalties. Um, when it gets within half range, it gets the extra damage. Um, it can trigger the strap for the mortal wounds. And then I've got a brick of 10 Terminators. The biggest challenge in this list is killing big monsters. So in my 10 Terminators, I take four combi melters, and then I take five power fists and a chain fist. Um, and I take the relic to give them minus one to wound on the entire unit. So they're minus one to wound. I normally put transhitmen on the unit as well. So you can't hit them on a one, two or three and you can't reroll. And then also I'll typically put the five plus feel no pain on them, which is often a bit overkill. So they're very, very durable. Hold the middle of the table and just shoot anything dead with the combi melters and melter guns and then go and charge things if needed as well. So some really nice stacks there. And then the rest of it is kind of up to what you, you know, I like a land raider. I like a rhino to put my legionaries and my, you know, noise marines in. I got a couple of unit cultists in the list to do actions, um, some raptors as well. Again, with melter guns on just to move around to shoot. Because again, with this army, Dave, I need to get kills in the shooting phase as well as the combat phase. Right. So again, it's just um, as many melter guns, power fists as possible, really. So yeah, that's how typically how they work. What do you think? Uh, 
I think that I am glad that you're on the other side of the pond and I don't have to worry about playing anytime soon. Um, that I, I, I saw a lot of uh, chaos. Um, I, I think that Emperor's Children might still be something that a lot of people are sleeping on because I saw a lot of chaos lists at Lone Star and this codex was, was legal there, mm. but it was, um, it was mostly Black Legion that I saw. Now, I, I didn't go yeah. through it, obviously take a head count of everybody, but who was playing what Legion, but, you know, saw a lot of Abaddon. Um, and Abaddon's not something you want to put into an Emperor's Children list, right? It's not too many points. Really, yeah. Too many points. Um, you need more assets, I think, on the table to play the mission. He's great, obviously, at killing stuff, and he would trigger, um, you know, some of those secondaries for you. But I don't know. I like Lucius. I like the sort of loadout I've got. It's a bit different. I like armies that aren't the meta list. Um, there's a, some aspects we'll see, like the Terminators with minus one to wound will be pretty common, I'm no doubt. Uh, like my soul target's master executioner. I think that's unique. Not many people take him with the relic I've given him to be a Judas right. as well. Um, and I think the reason why, you know, it's not the go-to is because it's all about positioning. It's, you need to be a master of the combat phase in order to get the most out of this, this army. It's very technical in terms of when it comes to the combat phase. Um, and ultimately it's, is something that does positioning is so important. If you haven't got your, uh, coherency, correct. You won't be able to heroic intervene. You won't be able to fight last. You won't be able to do all those things you need to in order to make the strength of this army really shine through. So it's actually the army I built in order to beat my blood angels. So I thought, uh, this would be the army I'd hate to play against. Why not play it? Uh, because it's another combat specialist army, but in a completely unique different way to what I've played before challenges me as a player it's extremely fun to play and if you want to see me play it uh, you can watch our recent live stream where I play against Michael and his night lords and we had a fantastic game it was really really good close game right until the end so um it was absolutely fantastic anyway Dave I think that sums yeah. us up doesn't it I think it does and that um and and since we've you know kind of wrapped it up I, we can go back now to the to the rules are question which because my notes are disorganized, I don't remember who exactly asked me this question. My apologies. But the the question, of course, was, you know, how does fight first and fight last work together or against each other? Um, yeah. I know we've talked about this before, but it's, you know, it's one of those mechanics that you, a lot of people, you know, have trouble wrapping their head around or, or you know, can cause sure. some, some issues at the table. So you want to just run people through that again? Yeah. So remember, there's a couple of interactions. Um, when you charge, you gain the fight first keyword. Um, and if there are no charges, then you always start with the player who's not taking the turn. Okay. So if you charge and you've got fight first and I've got fight first, Dave, you charge me, you get to pick your first unit. Okay. Then I get yep. to pick mine and we just alternate because we both have fight first. It happens at the same time, starting with the player who's going first. If however, Dave, you didn't make any charges and I have fight first, then I would go first. Okay. Okay. Got it. No matter whose turn it is. So basically, if there was no charges made, but one of us has fight first, regardless of whose turn it is, they're still going to fight first. Okay. However, if you have a fight last, what that does is it just gets rid of that fight first tick and it just puts you back to just the normal order of proceedings. Yeah. It's, it's a, I always think of it as a, everybody starts at zero and you either can be at plus one speed or minus one speed. Yeah. And you kind of got to fight first, fight last, and charging will balance all that out. Here's the interesting thing, though. If we are in, in combat and it's your turn, Dave, and so we've, we have an ongoing combat, I've got fight first, but you've got fight last, and you make me fight last, 
all you do is end up getting rid of my fight first, but because it's not my turn, I still fight before you. Right. Yeah, you're still you're still defaulting, then you're just defaulting back to as yeah. if it's a normal combat and Exactly. So normally a fight last would trump a fight first, but when it's not your turn, the fight first is actually stronger than a f- having your opponent having a fight last, providing they don't charge you. So that's a really unique in- rules interaction that doesn't often come up, but when it does, it just means you just cannot stay in combat with Emperor's Children or any other unit that has fight first because or making multiple charges against a unit is going to be really difficult because they're going to essentially interrupt combat for free. Um, and if I, if you charge me, Dave, and I heroically intervene and make you fight last, and I've got fight first, I'm still going to go before you. It makes sense to me, but I, you know, go through it on on practical application a few times too. So yeah, um, hopefully that helps everybody listening. So- so maybe set this up at home. All you need is a unit and just give it like a token, right? FF on it, fight first. And have another unit and have FL on it, okay? And have a fight last. And then start to combo these things and go, okay, cool. Who would go first in this situation? And have a dice to signify whose turn is taking place. Just go over, making a charge, giving it the, you know, the, the right post-it notes or tokens or whatever, and just practicing this at home. It's a really good way to get familiar with the rule set and check out the rare rule section. Once you've done it once and you get it in your head, you'll be golden when you're playing it at the gameplay and you'll be able to easily explain it to others. So anyway, thank you so much for uh, Dave, your fantastic, fantastic podcast hosting as always. I love you regardless of what the queen might say. And um, yeah, so yeah, Dave, I want to say thank you so much for all the time and effort in work you put into this. It's a huge amount you do, voluntary. And um, honestly, I love you, Dave. So thank you so much for everything you do, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And uh, I, we didn't get to uh, um, record on that day, but um, it was. I, I'm only missing it by 10 days. So um, happy late birthday. Thanks, mate. So, and thank you so yeah. much for the, uh, the birthday present you sent me. I will be building the Marvel Crisis at some point, and uh, we can have a game at some point in the future when you come here awesome. in the UK. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Bring, bring your, bring your, bring your models at LVO. And yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play a, a, like after night one, we'll, we'll play some MCP to, uh, to, uh, take a break from 40K. I bought Thor and Hulk so I can just do the Ragnarok. You know, I, I, it, awesome. I kind of figured you would. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, if I can just get the needle in his arm, I bet he'll yeah. buy Thor and Hulk all by himself. That's it. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, and we are going to continue these deep dives for the next couple episodes. Uh, Michael and I are going to do uh, Night Lords coming up, uh, and then we're going to still do Black Legion, Iron Warriors, etc. The only one we're not going to do, just to warn everybody, we're not doing World Eaters. Steve and I talked about it. We're going to hold off on World Eaters until the actual World Eaters Codex comes out, because that's going to be much more interesting to, to dive into, and we don't want to be too repetitive in a short period of time. So, until then, this is Dave Calmel for Stephen Bach saying, be excellent to each other, and... Party on, dudes.